Hi, I'm Brett with the Craft Beer Connoisseurs, and before this episode begins, I just wanted to provide you with a little information on who we are and how you can stay updated on all of our content. This podcast was created to showcase craft breweries and indulge in interesting conversation. We want to help promote a variety of breweries and along the way have conversations ranging from sports to beer and beer to just about anything. Please feel free to follow us on Instagram at Craft Beer Cons, send a friend request on Untap, or subscribe on YouTube at Craft Beer Connoisseurs. Also, drop a comment, like, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Now stay tuned for today's episode. Welcome to Craft Beer Connoisseurs. I'm Brett. I'm Chris. And I'm Tyler. And along with us today is producer Nathan or Nate. Nate, welcome. Nathan, welcome. So in today's episode, along with Nathan, we'll be taking a look at Blood Brothers Brewing out of Toronto, Ontario. And we're going to be trying two beers. Uh, The first is the Inner Eye, which is a pale ale. And the second is out of their Bear Worship series that's labeled as a wild ale. And it has peach and nectarine involved. All right. And to round out the episode, we're going to be talking about the 2021 Toronto Blue Jays season. So stay tuned for that. So we're talking about Blood Brothers, one of my uh, favorite breweries. So I'm pretty excited to get into a couple beers today. And it is located at 165 Geary Avenue in Toronto. And you can find it on the corner of Geary and Barlett. And it is owned by brothers Braden and Dustin Jones. Nice. All right. So their brewery is actually located in the warehouse district where there are a lot of studios, art galleries. Um, those are popping up with kind of increased frequency right now. Right. Um, and it the actual brewery itself is kind of follows the you know factory style space, which features occult themed labels and artwork, which we'll see. I know, Brett, you know, you like the cans. I think we'll see that. On <laughs> uh, the one can, or, one bottle. Or today. bottles. Yeah, yeah or bottles. Say, yeah. It kind of comes through all of them. So the brewery is based around brewing interesting beers. So their friends and family would uh, want to drink. So they kind of made it like more of like their family and what they like. Also, uh, they kind of look at their brewery process with each kind of step along with passion and independent spirit. So again, we see this a lot with a lot of the breweries is that they take a lot of pride in what they make. Um, They're making it essentially for them to enjoy as well as their friends and family, but also their community, right? So um, they want to kind of have a different uh, kind of spirit around the beers or the beers that they drink for or approve for their customers. And I think a variety of customers, right? I think when you look at the beers that they always have available, they're they're kind of on quite a big range in terms of beginner beers, if right. you will, to craft yep. beer to kind of those advanced. And uh, kind of going back to drinkers. counterpoint in terms of the tier one, tier two, tier three, et cetera, yeah. right? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so the head brewer is Patrick Howell, and he graduated from the University of Windsor. Woo! Oh! <laughs> and, uh, and for Patty. kinesiology, which also <laughs> caters to our producer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so there yeah. you go. Uh, so he's been hanging up the brewery for the past two and a half years. I wonder when Patrick went to school there. I don't know. We'll maybe we cross paths. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. maybe. You should have got to know him when he was there. He would have uh, brought oh, you some beer that's craft. that's true. <laughs> yeah. that. Missed opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> we could have actually started our own brewery yeah. in university. <laughs> so they are making four batches of beer per week, uh, sometimes brewing from 6 a.m. in the morning to 2 a.m. at night. That's a long day. It's a right. long, long day. And obviously <laughs> the batches of beer day. could be some new, ba- some new batches of beer, but along with also making their core beers as well. Right. Okay. Yeah. No, that's good. So during the year peak time, I mean, they can have 16 different batches per week, which is a lot of beers that they're pumping out, right? Which could mean anywhere between two or three different new releases of beer per week. 
142 beers currently listed on tap. So uh, is that is that up to date? Uh, it's 144 now because you know, yeah. wow. like, you can't keep up, right? Right. They just keep going pump, and going and going, pumping it. But out. they also have like quite a extensive core lineup. Like I think their core lineup is probably like five or six beers deep. Yep. Right. Uh, and then a lot of times, like we'll see with the Bear Worship is they'll do that same series, series. just a little bit of like right. different fruits or whatever. Yeah. Right. And we'll so, get into some of those. Uh, I was just going to say, but like, has anybody actually been, I mean, I feel like I'm the only one that asks this question. Like who the <laughs> so heck is So here's the thing about blood brothers. I've had 17 different beers from them, but okay. been. and it's going to be two more. I haven't been there. Mm, I have um, not true fan, it is I think not. number one <laughs> on my list. As soon as everything opens up, mm-hmm. the boys are going. Yeah. All of us are going. Might be busy that day. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm so, already busy. Yeah. The fun, the fun thing about yeah. uh, Blood Brothers mm-hmm. is their beer on Untapped has been rated 87,018 times. Wow. Okay. So they, a lot of beers again. That's, yep. that's pretty high for when, a lot when, of the breweries we've So reviewed. the busy month last year, how many liters of beer did they pump out there, Brett? 500,000 liters of beer. And what? still, <laughs> that was barely enough to keep up with the demand they have. That's a lot of beer. So good on them because, yeah. again, a pandemic year, right? You got so it. it's nice to see the local support kind of going back to them. And it might have part to do with the fact that their average rating out of the 87,000 and change beers is 3.92 out of 5. Yeah. That's really good. Quality. That, yeah, quality so and quantity. That's right. <laughs> yes, quality and quantity. You got that right. They're not only brewing a ton of beer and a ton of different beers, they're making great beers. So I think part of this whole kind of process, I mean, we're, we're podcasters. We're not brewers, right? So that is we, true. We come, true. come from a different kind of perspective on this, yeah. is that they actually map out their year in quarters, much like we kind of do as podcasters, right? So there's some yeah. similarity there. So every quarter they sit down, they map out exactly which styles, flavors they want to kind of do. Um, and with kind of brewing is you can kind of forecast, right? You can have this kind of like, okay, we know in the fall season, we're going to have these kinds of ingredients, right? So you can map out your whole year. I do the same thing at work with work plan. Do it by quarter. Yeah. You can kind of project what you're doing. They do the same thing with seasonal ingredients. And you know those are going to kind of rinse and repeat every year. Right. Because if you were a farmer like Brett, yes. you would yes. know. Total farmer. In the summer, mm-hmm. strawberries you might want to use, for example. Right. In, in, in the beer. winter, you might want to use cranberries, et cetera. Right. Yes. So in terms of, you know, COVID, and obviously COVID's affect them, and them being in, you know, the heart of the GTA, they've been locked down for a little bit. Yeah. Um, so they've actually, COVID's allowed them to expand their home delivery and also their bottle shop. And they're obviously making sure that their beer is getting delivered to everybody's doorsteps in Ontario and bottle shops in Ontario as well. Right. And so one thing that we do that, again, is very similar to them is if their beer does not meet the standards for release, they're just going to throw it off the side and scrap it. So they're not afraid of taking that loss. We do the same sort of thing. If we record something and say, you know what, this is not going to be, you know, up to par, we say... (laughs) She's gone and we'll re-record if if necessary. Only the best quality podcast for our listeners. And and that's the biggest thing is providing good content for your consumers, whether it's the beer or the podcast. So that that's just something of And that leads to their high rating, right? Because even if they are if they if they had so much demand where they had to produce a ton of beer and it didn't come out to the quality that they wanted. 
they're still not satisfied with that, they're going to want to make sure that they the people that are drinking their beers are really enjoying them. Exactly. And actually, some of their best uh, overall rated releases have come from their second batches of beers. So in terms of scrapping that first right. batch, oh, because yeah. maybe maybe it was human error, and maybe they didn't know enough about the ingredients, you know, the hops, the purees, whatever they were brewing with, they didn't know exactly how right. it was going to go. Yep. So as soon as they, you know, do the trial and error process, all of a sudden they taste that second batch, and it's like, wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. We're going to release this. (laughs) And you know what? Like, you learn a lot along the process, right? So we are now, this is our 15th episode in, plus producer specials. Wow. We are more than halfway through a season. Yes, we are. And that's exciting for us. But again, we kind of go back to some of our earlier episodes is they like to do collaborations as well. So, um, Brett, Chris, do you want to talk about some of their collaborations they do? So in terms of uh, my favorite collaboration, it's called the Blood Brotherhood series. Uh, So they actually combine with other breweries in order to make, you know, these one-off specialty beers. Uh, So, for example, uh, one of those is the... uh, Imperial Cherry Cheesecake Stout that they released with Third Moon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was around Christmas time. Yeah. I remember we had it um, actually watching the World Juniors. Enjoyed that one and myself. Yes, definitely enjoyed it. Producer Nate, not a big Imperial Stout fan, so he was not a big fan of it. I think it took a little bit longer <laughs> yeah. to Yeah, yeah a little bit longer for him to get it down. Might have had that over the course of a game, whereas it took more of a period. Yeah. So uh, Brewski, which is another highly rated brewery out of Montreal, uh, nice. Merritt, Town, Badlands, Rogue River, Dominion City, Barncat, oh Shortfinger, like just the hitting the top-notch yep. breweries in yeah. Ontario and, and collaborating with them, right? That's the thing. A lot of their collaborations are, you know, I'd say they're a high-end brewery. A lot of their collaborations are with high-end breweries as well and, in terms of, like, quality of beer. And one sure. of them, Bellwoods, yeah. which is one of my favorite breweries. I know. Yes. One of your, some of your favorite beers some come from there. That, brewery. I'm not going to lie to you, was the best double IPA I have ever had. Nice. The wow. Bellwoods Blood Brothers collab called Devil Sauce. I don't know if you got if our listeners got that out there, but damn, was it good? Yeah. Damn, was it good? <laughs> so to kind of want more of it. Mold, mold this in a little bit more. I mean, we've talked a lot about the brewery, so we should probably wrap this segment up uh, soon. Is the Paradise Lost series, which is their sour series? Obviously, I take a shine to that as yep. more of a sour craft beer connoisseur. Um, what about, let's talk about a little bit of the delivery process. So what's, what's cost on that? And then we should probably wrap this up soon, right? Yeah. So local delivery, they're doing for $5 or free over $50. So I think that's pretty similar to a lot of other breweries and they're doing Ontario wide delivery for $10. So if you're in Ontario, Anywhere in Ontario, you can get uh, a hold of their beers. Trust me, this is one of the breweries that you want to check out. If you guys have not had Blood Brothers yet, I'm not a salesperson for them by any means the imagination, but you need to order from them soon. That's for sure. Yeah, I think it'll be worth the $10 shipping. So Absolutely. Uh, we'll definitely link their information to our social media so that you can get a hold of those beers. And let's get to the point now, boys. Let's try one of these beers. Let's do it. Let's do it. Big shout out to Ariane from Blood Brothers for supplying the beers on today's episode. Thank you. Yeah, yeah thank, thank you. you. <laughs> so our first beer today is the Inner Eye, which is a pale ale. It has 5.5 ABV and 35 IBUs. Nice. So it is dry hopped with Citra, Simcoe, and Cascade hops. It is a full flavored, easy drinking pale ale. And it boasts a large bouquet of tropical fruit and citrus while keeping bitterness low to improve drinkability. The palate is soft and full, finishing medium dry to accentuate its juicy qualities. This sounds great. 
Yeah, sounds delicious. So on Untapped, <laughs> you can follow us at Craft Beer Connoisseurs. The overall rating for Inner Eye is a 3.75, ball caps at a 5, and a total of 4,162 check-ins. Nice. That's a few check-ins, eh? She's a Quite couple. Quite a bit, yeah. She's a couple. A few people have had this beer. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it's soon going to be us as well. Yeah, that's true. So uh, let's grab our glass, grab our can, and let's open her up. Oh. I got a little bit of that in the face. I, Not gonna lie to you. I, I got a little bit of Brett's splash, too. I poured like a man and didn't have to worry about it. <laughs> Chris, you want to talk about the proper glassware involved with this beverage, please? Yeah, so as mentioned, this is a pale ale, so we are drinking this out of a pint glass. There so make go. sure to use your proper glassware. Oh, this looks lovely coming out here. Not going to lie to you. Oh, smells good, too. Smells good, mostly because it's closer to my nose, because it's on my face still. I should wipe that off. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. So looking at it, it's kind of got that uh, hazy IPA kind of look to it, For right? sure, yeah. Definitely a hazy pale ale, I'd, I'd say. It's um, going to be juicy, do you think? Yeah, juicy, kind of, you know, like an orange, peachy type color. Very Those are my favorite kinds. Yeah. Again, very orange easy peachy. IPA kind of look. No head to her. Just settle down. Yeah, that's true. She settled ale. quickly. Yeah, very pale ale kind of esque, right? Like the head retention on it. But yeah, Chris, Chris is Chris, Chris. <laughs> dabbling in his old beer. You got a little adjunct. I, I think I spilled something a little bit in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it, Chris! Come on. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So I'm hoping none of you would have seen that, but. I, I see all. He's looking right at you. Yeah. Of course, he's going to see it. <laughs> staring into your eyes. I what thought you, you were going to be staring at the beer and no, stuff. No, no, no. I'm staring at the beer. That's why I didn't see what was going on there, because I'm staring at the, the loveliness. Yeah. Well, it, it definitely Haziness. smells fruity. Um, it smells fresh, too. It smells yeah, real fresh. It does smell fresh. Yeah. So when did we get these? Uh, we got them just a couple days ago. Yeah. All right, so then we expect a fresh beer out of this. Yeah. They should be, yes. All right, so uh, do you want to kind of dip our uh, tongues into the old beer? Let's do it. All right. Okay. Let's do this. Okay. Yep. It's I different because like it. it's a pale ale, but I'm really am still getting that like hazy IPA kind of like look into it, right? Yeah, and... Uh, I think it said that it, there's minimal bitterness. Like, I'm getting almost zero bitterness on this. This is really smooth. You can definitely taste that it's dry hopped. I think it's a little dry in the back end. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I get um, but definitely, you know, it's, it's light. It's fruity. It's it's what you want. Like, I, I could crush this on a patio all yeah. day long. Right? Oh, yeah. It's a very kind of uh, right now beer, right? The way the temperatures are. Oh, yeah. Right? But it's I a can- nice sunny day. I can't believe it's not March. Or it is March. It is. Yeah. I, I can't believe it is March. What's well, funny I because uh, it's April now. Oh, when this releases, yes, it yeah. will be. That's true. Dun, dun. April, April Fools. Fools yeah. ah, there it is. But right now, as we record it, it is March and the weather is nice. But as we move into April, I mean, the weather still looks good. So it's yeah. going to get better. We're going to be having it's a couple, get couple of these puppies for sure. And, and I think, uh, you know, Brett, you mentioned you've had quite a few Blood Brothers beers. I think this is almost, and, you know, we do talk about it quite a bit, but I think this is almost, you know, tame in terms of how Blood Brothers will, you know, kind of brew their beers. It's very basic, if you will, yeah. uh, in terms of like an introductory beer. And again, it's it's one of their cores that yeah. uh, they have, right? So you can mostly find this in their bottle shop or when hopefully eventually when they open back up, uh, you know, COVID protocols and all that stuff, um, on tap, right? Yeah. And I know, yeah. Chris, this is actually your first 
Blood Brothers beer you've had. Correct? It is. It wow. is my first. Welcome to the club. Thank Much you. appreciated. Um, I think we should. Do we cut our fingers and then we just? Well, on the logo, they have the cut on their hands, so on we, their palms. Should right? we do that? So, yeah, maybe we should do that. And then we make and, a pact. Yeah. Is do that COVID appropriate? One for all, all for one. Can yeah, absolutely not. Can you get, can not, you get COVID not. through blood? <sighs> I mean, That's I, a real interesting question. I was going to make a comment know. about being a doctor, but I better not. Just so I don't upset some people. I played a doctor once, just because it was Halloween. But <laughs> <laughs> All right, top all. five flavor profiles. Five hit us with it. Come on now. So the first one is Hoppy. Light, fruity, sweet, and then the fifth one is dry. What are we thinking here? Yeah, I I agree with. I, I'd say probably all of those. Do you, do you feel the hoppiness on number one? I do, personally. I know it's there. Yeah, uh, it's a it's a drier I it, hoppiness. I always think that like light and fruity almost kind of supersede hoppy. Like, I don't feel like it's a very hoppy kind of four beer. It's it's not hoppy like you would expect from an IPA or something like that. Right. And that's the thing is because it's not an IPA. And that's why I'm thinking is like users of this beer, consumers, if you will, are putting hoppy because they believe it to be a more IPA kind of four beer because of it's what it looks like. When in reality, it's not. It's a pale ale. And so I'm thinking it's more of a light, fruity, sweet, hoppy dry. I am surprised yeah. that citrus isn't one of those top five, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good too. point. Yeah. Like, I just I think there's a de- as I'm getting further and further into this, a lot more citrus is coming right at the tongue. As soon as it hits the tongue, it's overloaded with citrus. Yep. But then at the back end, then it dries off, and then it's you know got that little bitterness at the back end. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. So that's a good comment. Let's see what else uh, people are saying on Untapped about this one. Yeah. So, yes, uh, the first one is from Matt K, and his username is Crypter. On February 17th, said, nice pale ale, citrusy and refreshing. Less so in the middle of winter than in the middle of a sweaty summer, I wager. <laughs> <laughs> Love the mystic labels. <clears throat> he gave it a 3.5 out of 5. Right. And, spark note, um, he's had 4,927 Ooh. check-ins wow. with 3,762 unique beers. You are a connoisseur of the beer, my friend. Cheers to you. Yeah, Crypto put, put in a little, little work there. So I've got the next one. Uh, but before we get there, is producer Nate. Nathan. Yes. Has also said that this beer does drink smooth. And I, I agree with that. So that I might totally be agree, the, yeah. the one that replaces out with the dry. He, he's a good man. Yeah. Smooth. So GTL. User handle is GTLock. Hit me with it. Oh, it's not Jim Tan Laundry. There it is. <laughs> Jim Tan Laundry. It's actually Jim Tan Lawrence now, if you watch Jersey Shore. Oh, oh true. No, no. We're talking about OG. Okay. Yeah. OG Jersey okay. Shore. Right. We're, we're going 10 years back. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So commented on December 18th. Damn. A fit reaction to my first beer from Blood Brothers, a pale ale that drinks like an IPA. Their reputation precedes them, and it doesn't disappoint. Now, GTL, Jim Dan Laundry, hits us with a 4.5 out of 5. I'm just disappointed because Chris, obviously, as we mentioned, didn't. this is his first Blood Brothers beer, too, that he didn't have the same reaction. I did not. Reserved it. <laughs> Reserved yeah. it. Put we'll more back get, up, right? Not, we'll see, not as excited about this as GTL. We'll but. see when we get to the... See where we get to the race there. Uh, so, <laughs> almost spilled the rest oh of it. Oh my goodness! I'm good now. Don't smell, smell it. Don't spill it. Uh, Anywho, in terms of my ratings, as 
Tyler said, I'm going to get it started. Uh, I'm going to give this a 4.25 out of 5. Uh, again, nice citrus on the front end. A little bit dry on the back end. Would I like it to be a little bit more hoppier? Yes. But yeah. for the most part, I have no complaints about this one. Yeah, I, I'm going to give it a 4.0. Uh, I have absolutely nothing to complain about with this beer. But at the same time, I don't think that it has you know the major flavors or the major hoppiness to kind of get it above that level so i'm going at a four exactly yeah and so i'm a four as well and i agree but disagree with the way that you kind of came to your four curse but again i mean that that's how it is sometimes is i don't think it needs to have that hoppiness because it is the pale ale yeah and so i i agree with you on that um, just like the rating of it and everything else, I disagree yep. with you. Uh, the producer, <laughs> As usual. <laughs> the, pro- <laughs> right. the producer, uh, Nate, is also going to give it a 4.0. So that's three, four, uh, four point oh's from wow. us. But yeah. of course, me being the person I am, I bumped it up with my 4.25. So that brings us a total of 4.06. But obviously, I'm going to assume that since we have three 4.0s, we should probably round down to a 4.0 overall. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yes, sir. All right. So uh, check us out on beer number two, which is coming up next. All right. We're back. So the second beer we're going to be reviewing is part of their Bear Worship series. Nice. So this is their newest release in the series, and it is a peach nectarine. Its ABV is 8%, and it's unlisted on the IBU. So interesting to note that they've done a peach bear worship. They've done a nectarine bear worship, but not peach and nectarine together. Interesting. There you go. go. Combination. Uh, Yeah, so this beer was designed to accentuate Blood Brothers' favorite wild yeast, fruit, and bacteria. So this product was aged in stainless for six months to accomplish this. Four of these months were spent conditioning on 35 grams per liter of local nectarines and peaches. They put wow. some more in on this. Yeah. So hopefully that flavor comes through. Yes, sir. Uh, so then they packaged and bottle conditioned the beers mm-hmm. until they were just right. And the finished product is highly effervescent. Effervescent. With- oh, I'm glad you got that word. <laughs> yeah. With stone fruit taking the center stage. Not surprising with peach and uh, nectarine. And a type, uh, a touch of ripe funk Uh and bright acidity make way for a dry, refreshing. Did you guys see producer Nate just mark out when he heard stone fruit? Oh, Oh, he's excited, right? Oh my goodness! Happy for it. (laughs) Uh, So this beer obviously is an untapped, and it has a overall rating of four point zero one bottle caps out of five and seventy check-ins. Nice. So looking forward to this one. All right. Well, let's uh, grab our bottle openers because this is a bottle. And we're going to have Brett go through that momentarily. So let's open her up. Uh, There it is. It's going to be a struggle here. There it is. There it is. All righty. Now I'm going to pour this. All right. So... We are drinking this out of a tulip or a uh, chalice today. So basically, this is a wild ale or a sour ale. Uh, so make sure you're drinking out of the proper glassware. So oh, just one second. Oh. <laughs> that was a good sound. I'll give you that. that carbonation well, just definitely carbonated. come off of her, eh? Well, you know, it's been sitting for like six months, right? Yeah, so, that's so. nice. It's been that was a nice age. sound. Uh, so the two things I'm going to say at the hop. Um, see what I did there, beer reference. Let me go. Very nice. Um, first thing is, a lot darker than what I expected it to be. It looks a little bit darker. 
It is, but I, I'm I'm seeing Tyler's glass, and the yes. light is hitting it just right from my angle, and it actually looks a little bit lighter mm-hmm. when the light hits it. So. Right, and I think because he paid for electricity on his side, and we didn't. <laughs> I'm kidding. Perks of the perks of the place, I suppose. In terms of the aroma, um, definitely, you know, it, it's labeled as a wild ale. Uh, I'm thinking, you know, this is. Oh, Almost like a barrel aged sour. I know it's not barrel aged, but it was in stainless, but still yep. kind of has that aroma coming off of it. it, it yeah, no, I think that's good because it does have kind of like that perfume kind of like on the nose kind of smell to it, right? Um, whether that's barrel it's, it's aged strong. or stainless piece. Yeah, it's yeah. strong. It is. It is a strong flavor. I'm, ex- I'm excited yeah. to taste it just because of that, again, that peach nectarine kind of flavor profile. So I'm really, really hoping that kind of comes through on this one. And it'll be interesting to see how sour this is because I th- I, I'm expecting something sour, but to what degree? We'll see. Now, are you thinking because I know there's a difference between using like a peach puree or a peach, you know, artificial peach flavoring. Mm-hmm. This is like real peach. Right, is, so yeah. sometimes, pardon me, when you make an IPA and you have you know the hops kind of give off that peach flavor. Yeah, this one we're actually taking actual peaches to yeah. be involved with this, right? And so I'm really I, interested how it's going to come out. And that, that's a good point. I really hope it, it's so difficult with the peach flavor in general because you could get that artificial kind of peach, whether it's like that fuzzy peach kind of flavor right. aspect to it, or if it is like more of a authentic peach, right? So. Um, this is going to be interesting, right? With the uh, the wild ale perspective too. So, is this something new to the pod? Yeah, I, I don't think. Well, I know we haven't had a wild ale. I think we've only had a couple sours as well. I think. Yeah, it's been disappointing in the, in the first couple for episodes you. Only. Yeah. For you, yeah. it's been disappointing. But again, this in is all what, fairness, seasonality, right? I was just going to yeah. say, and and as we move through the season, hopefully, we see more sours come because yeah. I think there will be some coming up. Right, sure. as we yeah. round out season one of the podcast is we're hoping we're moving into that summer season where you're going to see more of those uh, sours. Yeah, definitely going to see more of sours, gosas, things like that in the summer. And the one thing I will say is that in terms of this beer per se, right? Yes. um, I don't think I've ever personally had a, what's been labeled as a wild ale. It's a very, you know, different terminology. You don't really hear uh, too much about. Yeah. Um, So that's just me. Like, True. I, I'd have to look back this, into my untapped, but yeah, and I think the wild ale part comes from like the yeast that you, they use. You mentioned the yeast, so uh-huh. uh, we'll, we'll we'll see what 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 this kind of tastes like. Maybe we should get into it. Yeah. How about we start consuming some? Brett, you take a look at the bottle and give us a little bit of recap on what's on the You're bottle. You're making me drink it last? What is this? This is called Fairness to Chris and I. Okay. So, <laughs> in, in Fairness to Chris and I, cheers, Chris. Cheers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Oh, and, and producer Nate. <laughs> cheers. I was going to cheers you when I was able to yeah, drink this, but besides the point. Split it fitty-fitty, <laughs> but that's all right. Um, so this is obviously, as we mentioned, in a 500-milliliter uh, bottle. Um, the label on this is has a peach color to it. Who could have thought, right? Um, and there's two bears. Ironically, they're not worshiping each other because they're not looking directly at each other. <laughs> right. um, Good point. And I don't understand the Google Drive logo in here. But <laughs> so I don't know how this like I don't know how this beer's gonna upload, but we'll get there. <laughs> That's the funniest thing you've ever said in your life. Yeah. Good job. It's there. It's air, right in front of me. Air high yeah, five. Right. Socially distance high five. Great job. <laughs> so I should probably drink this now, shouldn't I? You take a sip. Okay. Yeah, get into um, it. Right off the, the, the taste. 
it is um, comparable again to that kind of barrel age kind of flavor. Yeah. But at the same time, I just let it sit a little bit, and I'm getting that peach nectarine come through at the end, big time. And it's balanced. Like I'm, I'm scared for this. Like I, I want to, oh. I want to drink through it. But it's could it's there good. be a prediction in the future? Oh, Who I knows? Don't know. It's good. It's good. All right. All and right. and it, it tastes almost like um, you know has a little bit of like the kettle sour feel yeah, to it yeah, when yeah. I drink it. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The okay. one thing okay. that I will mention is very acidic. Yes. Very yeah. very acidic. You're hitting that right off the uh, hop, if you will. I have to use it the second time. For God's sakes, what is going on with me today? One trick pony. <laughs> it's my shtick, I guess. But, again, we've had 8% beers that you can taste at 8%. Mm. With this, is yes, you know it is 8%, but it's not overpowering on the alcohol. I like flavor to it, right? It does come through... Again, you have to understand when you're drinking is that that peach and artificial peach flavor, right? Differentiate between the two. Yep. Separate it. And this is very stone fruit heavy. But again, it's a very consumable kind of beer, right? Yeah. And again, I think, you know, we're enjoying some really, really nice weather. Um, Unseasonal unseasonal weather almost. Yeah. Very, very warm, very sunny for this type of year. And this is absolutely perfect for sitting out on the patio, oh, yes. patio on the balcony, whatever, drinking this beer um, for for this type of weather that we're having. And this I know, awesome. uh, Chris, this isn't like you, but I know you um, suggested to producer Nate about having another sour that um, Blood Brothers produced, the Razzle Dazzle, which he was like above and beyond in terms of that. He rated that a five on his personal untapped, right? Um, mm-hmm. So it's going to be interesting to see how producer Nate compares this Sour wild ale compared to the uh, Razzle Dazzle as well. All right. So why yeah. don't we get into the top five flavor profiles? If you guys will. You guys good? Yeah. I, I, I can go ahead. Okay. Do it. All right. So number one, peachy. Number two, tart. Three, mm-hmm. acidic. Four, sour. And five, perfumey. I almost want to say that this top five is the top five yeah. in order. I'm I'm confused by the perfumey. Like, how is that a flavor profile? So, do you- I can get a scent of perfume, sure. But how has anybody ever tasted perfume before? Like, I don't know how we yeah. go through that. Yeah, I, I, I get what you're saying for sure. Um, I, I think yeah, maybe we might you know because there are two fruits involved in this beer, right? It's peach and nectarine. So maybe nectarine as number five. Yeah. I still feel like the perfumey as like I understand what Brett's saying, but like yeah. you can taste that kind of perfumey kind of smell and then cross-reference that over into like a taste, like a flavor. So like you know something smells like something, but like you taste it like that that taste smells like that. Right. Right? That's what that's what I get in yeah. this kind of aspect. Like I'm thinking like somebody going down to like Walmart and spraying perfume in their mouth, I'm like, huh, this tastes like perfumey. This is perfumey. Like, I don't think people do that. That's just me, though. What do I know? Yeah, yeah, it's just you. <laughs> I, I will say, though, I, I mentioned before we had it, uh, kind of wondering how sour this would be. I'd say it's pretty sour. Um, do you think on, so? On my end, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah that's that kettle sour kind of aspect, yeah. of it, right? So Yeah, I, the kettle sour like kind of hits me in, like, the... 
in the jaw. Almost. Speaking <laughs> of hitting you in the jaw, uh, sometimes when you you know you're laying down in your room and all of a sudden your phone hits you in the jaw while you're checking your on tap, <laughs> uh, we need to uh, you know talk about some on tap comments. And I know Chris, you have the first one here. Yeah, sure. So from Curtis C, uh, handle is Curtis Chaff on February 26th said. Nice peach on the nose. I think the acidity tags away from the peach flavor, but overall, pretty nice. And Curtis gave it a 3.75 out of 5. I do think, I perfectly agree with Chris here, is that I think... Chris or Curtis? Yeah, which one do you agree with? (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go with Curtis. Okay. Yeah, Curtis. Sorry. Um, I think the acidity is taking away from the actual overall flavor of the beer. That's just, like, I think that's where I'm at. That's fair. Uh, Maybe if it was, you know, the up the peaches a little bit, or there's a little more official peach... Maybe that rating would go up for me, but I, I, I agree with Curtis. See, I think that you're confused. And the reason why I say is I think that you're getting confused between the acidity and the sourness. See, no, I don't think so. Okay. Um, I, I understand it being tart. I get that part, but it's almost way too acidic, more acidic than a regular sour. All right. Here we go. So I've got the second one. So Toshio S, which the handle is Shimoto. Shimoda, sorry, nine. Also on February 26th, said the following Pretty fruit forward with a little, little, not little, yeah, a little, little, a little, a little tart finish. Again, effervescent, similar oh. to a champagne. Worship that bear emoji, or it will find you. Mm. Okay. Interesting. So Toshio gave it a five, sorry, a four out of five. Four to five. Are you Toshio. enjoying this beer so much you don't even can't get the rating out for uh, uh, Toshio? No, I got it four to five. Okay, good. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll, I'll start ours off. I think I'm going to go at a 4.0. Uh, second one I've done this episode at 4.0. <laughs> Consistency is uh, key. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's a little bit too sour for me and maybe a little bit more peach and nectarine flavor would put it a little bit higher. I don't mean to carbon copy you here, Chris, but I'm going to carbon copy you. So uh, definitely like a four for me. Uh, I agree. Like, you know, just wish there's a little bit more peach uh, coming through there. Yeah. All right. So I might be on the higher end. Um, I feel like this is coming through pretty nicely. Um, I do agree with some of the comments I've made, except for everything Brett said. Uh, <laughs> I so, said the same comment that Chris did. Yeah. Carbon copy. So for me, it's going to be a 4.5. Nice. Oh, I was hoping for that five. Not yet. I was hoping you get there. No, I, I don't give them out like you do. So I've given be- one on the podcast. I've given one <laughs> on the podcast. B underscore fiber 14. <laughs> you take a look at the statistics. Personally, so, maybe a bit more, yeah. So for me, it's going to be a 4.5. I do agree that if I had a little bit more of that peach, but I don't want to get lost in that fake peach kind of like overpowering flavor. And for the producer, Nate, uh, Nate's going to give it a 3.75. Um, some of the comments coming forward from, from Nate or Nathan is that, uh, again, wishes it was more peach, um, hard fruit flavor to come through, getting a lot of the tartness. So yeah. if there's more of mo- maybe a, a balance between that tartness and that flavor, I think maybe uh, Chris and Nate would have had their score a little bit higher. It's true. It definitely yeah. makes sense. You know, yep. uh, So that gives us a team overall score of 4.0625. Uh, I feel as though we're all in agreement. We're going to round that down to a four again. Yeah, I, I think that's the exact score we had for Inner Eye, too. 
That's insane. Math. It is pretty crazy. <laughs> Math Blood is Brothers. crazy. <laughs> so that's going to be all for Blood Brothers and the reviews of their beers for this episode. Yeah, so stay tuned because we're going to talk about the Blue Jays' upcoming 2021 season. So, since this episode gets released, the uh, you know MLB opening day, and the Jays are opening up April 1st. Nice. It only makes sense that we discuss... You know, the team that makes their home in Toronto, or I guess right now Dunedin. Do they make their home in Toronto? <laughs> I guess right now Dunedin. And then maybe Buffalo, and then maybe Toronto. Who, who knows, who right? Knows? Like, uh, yeah. We'll just team. call them the Blue Jays. How's that sound? <laughs> Sounds yeah. about right. Um, so what are your thoughts? Obviously, I know uh, we, obviously we all like baseball. Blue Jays, good. Okay, Blue Jay. <laughs> and that's it, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what do you so want? What obviously, you, want? you know, they, they spent some money this year, right? They did. George yeah, Springer, right? Marcus Simeon, Kirby Yates. Uh, they traded for Steve Matz. They re-upped Robbie Ray. Mm-hmm. Um, what yep. are we thinking about this, this team this year? How, do they, how are uh, well, they lining I'm up so far? Well, yes, Brad Pfeiffer. <laughs> so, Please, give it to me, Tyler Seiger. Uh, I'll give it to you. So the uh, the Springer deal, I think, is is good. I think they, they needed something else there. They needed yes. a, a kind of a, a superstar to kind of come in. You mean Randall Gertrick didn't cut it? And Did someone who it. could actually play defense in center ah, field. Yeah, right. That's right. Yeah. And so this is the thing. Obviously, Springer comes with a little bit of a tainted history, right, with the whole trash can scandal. True. So take that with uh, a grain of salt. But at the end of the day, it's not my money. The guy did a trash can scandal. It could have been much worse, right? There's worse things. That he you wasn't could do one of the, the bigger guys involved with that, though. Yeah, he's not a Jose Altuve. <laughs> no, I know. Don't don't and, hit me. Don't he, hit my buzzer. Yeah, yeah, he's he's got the championship pedigree, right? He's yeah, won he's won a before. championship. He's been to another World Series. Yep. So I also like the Simeon, the one year, like get yes. him in, bring him in, see what see what he can kind of do. And I think some of these are kind of like tasters, if you will. Right, like kind of going back to the fights, is these are kind of like taster deals with the Simeon. Is move over to second. We'll try you out. See how you how you kind of fit in there. If the team does well, you only know that this team, the core, the essential players, are going to be there year over year. Yeah, that it might be a situation that you re up for a two year, three year at that point. Right. So this is kind of a taster deal. Well, and and that's a great point because. In order for the Blue Jays to do better than last year, it takes more than just bringing new guys in. It takes you know, a additional contribution from the guys right. that have been there, especially the younger guys, right? Yep, so you want that development, especially from a guy like Vlad, right? Because he's been, I don't want to say disappointing, but he hasn't, there's been really, really high expectations mm. on him and he hasn't been able to live up you to know those what? high expectations. I completely disagree. Okay. And the reason, I saw a stat the other day, I saw actually like a, a infogram kind of between him and his dad at the same age with the same number of games. And Guerrero Jr. has outperformed him in like three or four of the categories. So again, he's young, but you're looking at like RBIs. He was like 25 RBIs ahead of Vlad Guerrero right, at but, the same time. But when you compare him to someone in his you know contemporary group, like a Tatis Jr., Yep. It, it's a little bit disappointing, right? For sure. But we're going to get there a little bit later on in the conversation. Yes. So in terms of you know my thoughts on the Jays, I'm huge on the Kirby Yates deal. I think San Diego sold him real short. Yep. Just because you know he had some issues last injury issues last year. I think he is going to make that bullpen. You know, you're going to have Dolis, yeah. you're going to have Romano. Yeah, it's a it's it, a solid. He's going back end. He's yeah. going to make that back end. And actually, fun facts. I don't know if you uh, watch MLB Network at all, mm-hmm. but uh, yesterday it came out with a big, big prediction that uh, not only the Jays were going to win the AL East, 
But the Jays, at the deadline, we're going to pick up Josh Hader from the Brewers. Okay. All right. Because wow. apparently the Brewers aren't going to be good this year. Who knows? But yeah. in terms of that, I think the Semyon is more like a one and done. I think he's just a stopgap. Yeah, I agree. Uh, personally. Uh, I'm really excited, though, about Robbie Ray. He's looked very good in spring, and producer uh, Nate has agreed with me. Tons of strikeouts. Right? Like, yeah. you know he's going to go in there. He's going to walk some guys. For yeah. sure. He's going to walk a lot He's going to be a guy who's going to throw five innings. He's maybe going to walk three or four, but he's probably going to strike out nine or ten. Right? Yeah. He's got electric stuff. Yeah. Last year, I saw him as a person who could have stepped into that closer role later in the year with all the injuries that were happening. Uh, see, I, I wouldn't but see that with a This year, role, is it? you know, his grunting will probably scare some hitters. Uh, <laughs> so might, I, might, well, there's going to be more fans in the stand, so yeah. it might yeah. not, not And, and you know, his, his velocity is up too, right? Yeah. And I yeah. think that comes from Pete Walker, who wasn't really a great pitcher when he played in the majors, but has a better track record of helping with the type of pitchers that are wild, who are getting there, right? Same with yeah. Steve Matz, right? Like right. Matz has looked very good in the spring too. I think, I think Matz has thrown what is it, uh, ten innings, given up one run, and has twelve strikeouts. Yeah. So it, it's it's looking at that in a different kind of perspective, and I think that's I agree with with Ray. I don't think he'd be coming out of the bullpen though, because the amount of like well, that was last that was last year when he yeah, was even yeah. last year. I don't think he would have came out of the bullpen because he's so he was so erratic last year. Yeah. I think he's found his space now. Something to be said. Does Robbie Ray look better because of Kirk? And so the way that every every catching game him, yeah. every game yeah. that he's pitched, Kirk has been catching. And so they're saying maybe there's an opportunity for Kirk to go ahead and be a personal catcher for Robbie Ray, right? Which ties into producer Nate saying that maybe Kirk is going to be his breakout player of the year. What do we think? What do you guys got? Who do you got for a breakout player? Me? Not not everybody else. Um, I'm going to say two things. First, Kirk is going to overtake Jansen as number one this year. Okay. No offense to Danny Jansen. He's just not good. He's a better defensive mm-hmm. catcher than Kirk, way though. Way better in game yeah. two I don't think he's going to take Tampa. him over. No. Yeah, I don't think he's going to take It's going to be more of a split. I think it's going to be Jansen 100, Kirk 60 to 65. Yeah. In terms of the breakup player... Uh, I think Rowdy Telez honestly is going to go off this year. Yeah, okay. I think he's going to be the DH. He's not going to play much first base because that's how he got injured last year. But I think Telez is going to be 270, 35, and over 100. He's going to be yeah. better than Smoke was a couple years yeah. ago. I, I think, you know, last year I would say the breakout player was probably Teoscar Hernandez. He had an amazing yeah, uh, year. Yeah, for I, sure. I, I think this year we're going to look at Vlad as the breakout player. I think this year we're actually going to see Vlad, the Vlad that we're expecting. Right. So, again, producer Nate says that he's never really been a fan of Telez. Okay. I think he's taking a spot from Vlad, Hernandez, anybody like Gurriel Jr., whoever's going to kind of mold into that DH, first yeah. base kind of role, the extra kind of at-bats. Again, disagree completely. Telez has been a solid performer when he has the opportunity to perform. He just hasn't had it. But I agree. I completely agree with you, Chris. Vladdy is going to be your breakout player of the year this year. He's, He's hitting over 600, 500 this 600, 600. Yeah. He's batting <laughs> over 600 in spring training this year. I know, it's, I know it's spring training. However, they've retooled his swing. They've looked at kind of the trajectory of the ball coming in and said, you know what? You got to get more balls in the air. This is how you do it. The guy, he's young. And we look at it and say, oh, well, he hasn't really performed the last two years, year and a half. He's still 21 or something. He just turned 21. Yeah. 
relax. You know what I mean? So that's what I'm looking at. The one thing I'm going to say is it's going to be a lot. I don't know if you guys remember too much about the 2009 Jays besides the awful black uniforms. But <laughs> Was that Ricky Ra- Romero year? <laughs> yeah, Vernon Wells. <laughs> on Wells. his way out. Uh, it was Roy Halladay's last year, actually. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, Roddy Telez is going to compare to Adam Lind that year. Okay. Adam okay. Lind won a silver circle that year. Yep. And Vladdy is going to compare to Aaron Hill, who okay. also won a silver slugger that year. All right. We'll see how it kind, of, kind of shakes out. So before we kind of get to the, the end of this, is uh, what's the strengths and weaknesses of the team? Let's just name one strength, one weakness. Chris, let's start with you, and we'll kind of go to a roundtable. I think strengths definitely is the lineup in general, like the ability to get on base. Uh, I think the weakness is probably still starting pitching. Obviously, we haven't even mentioned Ryu. Uh, yeah. he, he's ace caliber, like Cy Young caliber. Uh, but after that, it's a little bit not too great on depth. One thing about strength, uh, I think if a Kirk gets in the lineup more regularly, solid one through nine, you know, they're going to strike out a lot. Let's yep. be serious. They're going to strike out a lot. Yeah. Yep. But they're also going to hit for an average. They're going to have an on base percentage. They're going to hit a lot of home runs. Yep. Uh, in terms of weaknesses, I think the one thing is if the Jays are in a potential, you know, wildcard AL East kind of thing, by the trade deadline, they need another right-handed pitcher. That rotation, two left-handed Lefty strong, you know, Ryu, yeah. Mats, Ray. You think you need a dominant left-handed or right-handed pitcher? Sorry, not left-handed, yeah, right-handed yeah. pitcher. So if Pearson can come up, if maybe Manoa shines in AAA and comes yeah. up, you know, who knows, right? Thanks. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. So um, producer Nate says, you know what? The the strength is probably the the lineup, the bullpen strength, and then starting pitching and defense lack a little bit. Yeah, um, I'm fairly similar to that as well. I think that their biggest strength, obviously, is like the diversity of their team. So they do have some guys that can run a little bit. That's always been a weakness of the Toronto Blue Jays is that they don't go out steal bases. They don't put pressure on the defense. So yeah. I think that's getting a little bit better. We're not totally there. And I think they can do a little bit better with the the bench is increasing some of that speed off the bench. And we've seen this before where you go and get a Billy Hamilton at the trade deadline just to run off the bench, right? Right. That uh, comes to Montoya, though, doesn't it? It does. It does. So I think one of the things is just Montoya, again, managing the game and, and seeing the different perspectives. And so I agree with that as, as, as well as, as producer Nate. Um, let's do our uh, roundtable uh, predictions. Where do we guys sit at? We've got producer Nate is going to kick it off here. So he, he believes that they finish um, in the AL East at 85 and 77, which is third in the AL East. Behind the Yankees and Rays, which is kind of interesting because in 85 and 77, that is a very tight AL East to be third. Yeah. But we'll leave that there. I, I mean, yeah, the last few years, the last few years, the AL East has been pretty good. I'm going to say they're going to finish second. I'll say they'll win at least 90 games. I don't think anyone's catching the Yankees. Fair enough. Uh, they're going to finish second. They're going to win the wild card spot. Uh, 89 and 73. Uh, the Rays are going to be nowhere near 500 this year. Agreed. Yeah, I agree with that. And to kind of wrap that up is I'm very close to you, Brett. Very close. I'm what one win. 88 and 74, aren't you? I'm 88 and 74, second in the East as well. Do they win the wild card spot? I don't. I yeah, absolutely. I think they do. I think they win the wild card. I think they win the first round. I think they lose to the Twins in uh, the uh, ALCS. There we have it. So that's going to complete that conversation, and we'll see you for our sign off and our goodbyes.
All right, and that's all for today's episode. After a heated discussion between last theme conversation and the farewell, so that's it for uh, all that we have here. Yeah, so thank you for listening. Keep on listening. Every other Thursday as Craft Beer Connoisseurs releases a new episode and on our off Thursdays for a producer special. Make sure to tell your friends, family, and Danny Jensen, because he is not starting Game 1 of Playoffs. <laughs> uh, we'll see about that. So from all of us and producer Nate, I'm Chris. I'm Brett. And I'm Tyler. And together with Danny Jensen, we are the Craft Beer Connoisseurs.